Good evening, Newark family, and welcome once again to our evening broadcast. And Rachel and I have the pleasure tonight of closing out our week as we've been talking about my personal Pentecost. And so tonight, together, the two of us are going to share our stories. They're going to sound a little bit different than the conversion stories, if you will, or the personal Pentecost stories that you've already heard from the pastoral team. And that's the point, because we want you all to see that there are many different experiences, and there is no one specific way that this happens. And that collectively, what we all share is an experience where God has filled us with His Holy Spirit. So okay. Rachel, why don't you go ahead and share your story first? Well, um, from as far back as I can remember, I, I prayed... And talk mm -hmm. to God a lot, like a lot, like um, Leela and Meg both mentioned in their devotions that they had. They talked to God a lot. I talked to God in that when I played, He was a huge part of my play. I set all my animals up on the couch, my dolls, and I had church. I had a little microphone, and I would preach and I would sing. Rachel's been a preacher <laughs> since she was little. How old were you when this happened? I think some of the pictures we have, I was probably three. Two or three. So a toddler. I would set my little, my whole congregation up, and I would have church. Um, Her stuffed animal congregation. I would get out on the slide, and and for my mom said she would catch me out there, and I'm on the slide, and I'm beating the slide, you know, the metal slide, and I'm praying. Um, none of that. I wouldn't want you to mistakenly think that I was a three, four year old saint. Uh, maybe I prayed so much because I really needed to. Um, my mom said between my brothers and I, I required much more disciplinary action than the boys ever did. That means she got more spankings. Uh, so I got in trouble quite a bit. But my biggest problem being my, my mouth, I know that's really hard for most of our Newark family to believe, that um, that was something I guess I was born with the insert foot in mouth. And so I had a lot of that, pro those problems growing up. I still, to this day, you know, I'll talk about my struggle with uh, saying something and trying to grab it, you know, get it back in. But so I, I enjoyed the, the presence of God. I liked to talk to God. I love church, but mm -hmm. my experience of actually receiving the Holy, the Holy ghost was, was more of a process I would say than just a lot of people have an experience like an, a specific event and they remember that at this moment this day uh, this conference I received the Holy Spirit whereas for me I remember praying many times I remember um, in our church when we would go to the altar it was just kind of our church culture the men would go pray on one side of the the pulpit and the women would go pray on the other side and I don't remember anybody telling me that's the way it was and we kind of merged over but it's just kind of everybody did their own thing but we had some older ladies in our church our grandmas that would pray with the younger kids they mm -hmm. they were they were always with the babies you know praying with us when we were in the altar and I particularly remember a time when it was uh we called her Mamma Hollis and um, and then Sister Lashley came, and they I was praying in the altar, and they were praying with me. And I can still to this day hear them praying with me. 
Do you remember roughly how old you might have been when that was happening? I was six. I had just turned six. Okay. And the, the presence of God was so strong, and the, the Holy Spirit, I felt it so strong. Um, and I, what many times in Pentecostal culture, you'll hear, hear people refer to stammering lips. Um, you know, they're not really making any sense. They're just kind of jabbering. It doesn't sound like a language. And that happened to me um, multiple nights and multiple services. Again, I was six, so I really doubt it was service after service after service. Uh, <laughs> I was probably we sleeping. we get older, it <laughs> yes, kind of conflates. Does. I was sleeping through thing, some of those it? services. And actually, one the night my best friend received the Holy Spirit, I, I slept through the whole thing. So we were both six. There, there super was, spiritual. <laughs> super spiritual. Um, but then there was, after these experiences, I, I was with my mom. Mm -hmm. And uh, she had been praying, we had been praying. And I she had sat down in the front row pew. And I was kneeling beside her. And we were praying. And I don't remember beginning to speak in tongues. I just remember praying. And I was talking to God. And my mom lifts up my elbow and she says, Rachel, you, you've got the Holy Ghost. You're speaking in tongues. And, and it was kind of like, oh, I am. And so it wasn't this incredible aha moment where there was this distinct sharp change for you no i think it was it was a process i i distinctly remember the couple times when those the older ladies had prayed with me and the presence of god was so strong that my i was shaking all over that was a very powerful moment and um and this was a very peaceful just transition into what felt normal so i feel like mm -hmm. Receiving the Holy Spirit for me was a it was a process. It wasn't a a specific moment in time. I think that I I don't really know when exactly someone would say you were filled with the Holy Spirit. I I had felt the Holy Spirit so often, but then there are those particular moments when um, when the the Lord took over my tongue and I didn't speak in a, a very clear language. It was more of a it was just nonsensical almost. You know, like we would say. Um, we call it, a lot of people say stammering lips. And so, but for it to be such a transition like that, I, I wanted to share my experience because I feel that there are many, there are other people out there that have had kind of a process. It's been something that it's just happened in their walk with God. It hasn't been a, something they were, and I wanted the Holy Ghost. You know, I, it wasn't like I wasn't, I had it, told the Lord I would like your spirit living in me. I, you didn't, I want the Holy Spirit. I was praying. You didn't stumble into this on accident. Right, no, I didn't. My mother received the Holy Spirit without knowing what it was at all. It wasn't that type of experience. I knew what the Holy Spirit was. I had been praying for yeah. it, but there was never a moment where I went from uh, not filled with the Holy Ghost to bam. And it was, it was just kind of like the Lord just led me right into being filled with his presence and it, his spirit. And it's, um, it's something that I'm, I'm glad happened that way. Uh, maybe for some of us that are a little more dramatic, <laughs> it's good to have something just, the Lord just does it. Are you disappointed um, your story is not more dramatic? I, I'm really not. I have enough, <laughs> I have enough drama, um, for a lifetime. So I like that the Lord allowed it to be the powerful moments when those elders were praying with me, 
Um, but also mm -hmm. that I cherish that quiet moment when it was more, it was a confirmation, uh, a clarifying moment, I would say. Not that, not that I felt a whole lot different, but there was a yeah. clarifying moment when I had no doubt. And from that moment on, um, praying in the spirit became, was very normal for me. It was, it was a very common experience, which I know isn't what everyone experiences, but it never stopped. It was just a, a, a consistent flow of God's spirit. And, uh, and I, it's a little different, but I am glad that the Lord, the Lord allowed it. It was nothing I did in all of my drama, in all of my mouth getting me in trouble. Can you believe all um, of her drama? <laughs> all of those things. It wasn't something I could fabricate. If I had fabricated a moment, <laughs> it would have been quite a moment. Something so, different than that. <laughs> the Lord allowed it to be um, a very, a, a transition from a powerful moment to a very peaceful, clarifying moment of filling me with His Spirit. So, more than anything, I guess I could say the takeaways from that. In Rachel's experience, one, she was very young. You're, as best you can remember, you were probably sometime I age was six. six. I believe, I cannot remember if it was in March or May of that year. Okay. And I was baptized uh, right after that. And I, it wasn't necessarily one distinct experience. Rather, it was this... It was just a series. This collection of experiences that kind of culminated. Culminated in a very. In this confirmation. Yeah, in a very clear transition of uh, very relaxed in the mm -hmm. presence of the Lord and, and clearly, um, speak, clearly speaking in tongues without even thinking about it. Not anything I was trying to do or pray yeah. for or, or pray through to. It was a very, just a very clear, almost natural just transition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. That's my story. Uh, let's move on to yours. So, let me share a little bit of my story, which I don't think I have shared publicly before. At least my initial Holy Ghost experience, if, if we can describe it that way. So, like Rachel, I was a young child. My mother was a church-going woman, so I grew up going to church uh, predominantly with my mother, my, my father sometimes as well, but for me the memories were mostly with my mother, and I would say that I grew up around Pentecost. And so, officially, I went back and checked a record some time ago, I do remember that I was baptized in 1990, so I was seven years old at the time. And somewhere around that time of baptism at age seven, I began to as we would say in our circles, earnestly seek after the Holy Spirit. And for me, it did not happen in an altar, and it wasn't at church. And I didn't, as best I can remember, feel comfortable in an altar setting. And when I say altar, I'm talking about at the conclusion of a service where a large group of people go down to the front, close to the pulpit, and they're collectively praying together, and you may have people who are seeking to receive the Holy Spirit as evidenced by speaking in tongues. And that was not my experience. So I distinctly remember being at home with my parents in our kitchen and my mother praying with me. And I believe my dad was there at that time. And it was in the kitchen at my parents' house where I remember somewhere around the age of seven a distinct 
experience with the Holy Spirit, where, as Rachel said, it was no doubt a confirmation. And in that experience, I spoke with tongues, and as in spoke in a language that I have not learned, and my mother recognized it, and it was very clear to everyone that I had been filled with God's Spirit as evidenced by speaking in tongues. And so that is the official version of that story. And the reason I say that's the official version, I'm, I'm going to qualify that now, is because as I've gotten older, there were some things I took for granted in that scenario. That further reflection as an adult has made me reconsider that. Because again, it wasn't this clarifying uniquely defining moment in my experience where I can take you to this specific day and this exact spot where something happened to me. This is the story as I remember it predominantly being told back to me by other adults in my life. But when I think more about my story and I work backwards, here's what I remember that's a little different as an adult. Um, I have to qualify this by saying that the environment I grew up in was not always a safe environment. And so there were times when I was a child where I was very scared. And I can remember multiple occasions as a young child, probably age three or four. This is pre-kindergarten. And I remember going to my room. Sometimes I had been sent there. I do remember nap time. I have always hated naps. He still hates naps. Those tiny slices of death. He hates to go to sleep, period. Then he married me. Yeah, so, so <laughs> napping was not my thing. As a kid, it wasn't my thing. As a teenager, as an adult, I still don't take naps. If I take a short nap, it just disorients me and makes me groggy for the rest of the day. Naps are not my thing. But I remember at age three or four, on multiple occasions, being scared, being in my room. Sometimes it was at nap time. Sometimes it was some other circumstance. And I remember that I had a twin-size bed, and it was pushed up against the wall. And I remember that I would lay on my side, and I would turn towards the wall. So that way my, my face was probably maybe from me to Rachel from the wall, if not a little closer. And I would turn and I would talk to the wall. And I can remember this incredible peace and this presence of God that would enter my bedroom, even in those scary times. And I had this ritual, if you can call it that, in my head at age three, age four, where I would turn towards the wall and I would decide to talk to the wall. And during this time, in my head, I was having fun because I was talking to the wall in some made-up language. You heard me say that correctly. During those times of fear, when I was alone in my room as a toddler, I would turn and I would face the wall. And I don't know that I even consciously remember me thinking, I'm going to have a conversation with God right now. It was just this thing I did where I would begin to talk and my eyes would be open and I would face the wall and I would just talk 
and I would begin to speak in this made-up language that would come sometimes and sometimes it wouldn't and it just kind of for a lack of a better word flowed out of me and I remember very distinctly this incredible peace that would come during that time and this warm comforting sensation that would be in the room as I would just speak in this made-up language and it was soothing to me and I don't remember as a four-year-old consciously thinking I'm going to talk to God right now I don't remember as a four-year-old thinking this is the power of the Holy Spirit the comforter has come it was just something I did when I was scared and it was something that brought comfort to me so as I got older, again, I got baptized at age seven, and now I am officially seeking after the Holy Spirit because you need to be baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit in order to be saved. So once it became a salvation thing for me, then there was this pressure, pressure. and then there was this expectation that it had to happen a certain way. And I began to seek after this specific experience, at least in my church culture, this is what was expected of me, and it didn't fit and it didn't jive and it didn't happen and yet when I was at home with my mother I do distinctly remember that experience at age seven where we prayed together in the kitchen and there very clearly for her and for everyone else I was filled with the spirit and yet in retrospect as an adult looking back on those experiences that experience actually wasn't any different than when I was alone in my bedroom as a very very young boy speaking in this made-up language because it brought me comfort and peace when I was scared. So why do I share this? As the pastoral team, we met last week to decide on this theme of my personal Pentecost. And we decided that we would all share our own stories of how we were filled with the Spirit. And in that meeting, I specifically requested that I go last because I knew that my story was going to be very different than the other stories that you've heard throughout this week. And hear me, they're all precious, they're all valid, they're all important. But for some of you who have either been filled with the Holy Spirit or you're seeking after the Holy Spirit, and you've listened to these stories this week and you've thought, that doesn't fit, that's not my experience. I want to assure you that that's okay, that God has a plan for your life. And just as you are a distinct and unique individual, the way that he chooses to visit you and fill you with his spirit is unique and it's individual to you. We all have some commonalities in our experience. It is all, for all of us, it's something that's beyond our control. It's something that we did not fabricate. It was a powerful presence of God. We spoke in a language that we did not learn. And that was not the Holy Spirit, but it was an outward sign. It was a demonstration of the infilling of that Holy Spirit. And it unifies our experience. But as you've heard all this week, all of our circumstances were distinct. All of them were different. None of them happened the exact same way. I love hearing people's testimonies of their own personal Pentecost, especially those that happened outside of a church setting. 
And I have been privileged to talk to many people. And I've heard stories of people who woke up out of a dead sleep speaking in tongues. I've heard stories of people who were filled in their living room. I've heard stories of people who were driving down the road. People who were in their bathroom. People who were out in a field farming. People who were, you name the environment, the circumstance, the different scenarios. And they've had this incredible experiences. Radical life-changingly, eternally altering experiences with God. And there was no formula. There was no proof, no certain way that this has to happen. So if you have not had this experience for yourself, please, as we close out this week talking about my personal Pentecost, hear me say that God has this available for you. And he wants to share this experience with you. And there is no magic formula That's right. There are no special ways that you pursue. There is no certain phrase that you're supposed to say. There are no special words that you need to repeat in a certain order in order to experience this. The environment doesn't have to be right. It doesn't have to be in a church setting. You don't need a group of people around you praying for you. And if that happens, wonderful. And that does happen sometimes. And for many people, they experience this for the first time in a church setting. But if that's not you, or maybe you've already been filled with the Spirit and you're listening to our stories this week and you're thinking, that that doesn't describe, that doesn't really fit the scenario of how this happened to me. Hear me as the odd man out this week saying, it's okay and it's all right. Your experience is valid, as distinct and as different as it may be. And if you haven't had this experience for yourself yet, God wants to give it to you. It is a gift. So understand, because it's a gift, you can't earn it. You don't work for it. You don't do enough right things. You simply have to allow God's presence to take control. And that's the key. Take control of you as you talk to him. Often we use prayer language, but let me make this even simpler. You talk to God. You listen for Him to respond. And as you have a conversation with God, you may begin to feel something stir inside you or well up inside you. You may begin to feel some sort of difference or a sensation. And I I don't want to get too prescriptive because, again, it's different for many, many people. But you will know when God's presence is very strongly with you. And as you have this conversation with God, whether it's in a church, if it's in your kitchen, if it's in your car as you're driving down the road, if it's with other people, if it's alone by yourself, if it's as you sit at a coffee table reading your Bible, it doesn't matter. As you talk to God, you will begin to feel his presence touch you in a special way. And as you continue to talk to God, if words become difficult for you, and you're having more and more trouble expressing yourself, and you're having more and more trouble forming sentences and making words and phrases in your native language, relax. Let go of control and continue to speak and allow things to well up out of you as that Holy Spirit not only pours over you, 
but it comes inside of you and then begins to flow back out of you. And no matter who you are and no matter what your circumstance is, I firmly believe with every fiber of my being that you can have this experience for yourself, mm -hmm. that God loves you and he desires to fill you with his spirit and that you, along with countless others all over this globe, can have your own personal Pentecost experience. And so as we close out tonight, would you allow my wife Rachel and I to pray with you? If you've already received the Holy Spirit, we celebrate with you. If you have yet to receive the Holy Spirit, God wants to give it to you, and there's no special thing you need to do, and there's no magic formula for the way it needs to happen. Would you join with us in prayer? Heavenly Father, as we come before you tonight, we pray in the name of Jesus for every person who is listening to this message, whenever they listen to it. I pray that your spirit begins to speak to them. If they have been filled with your Holy Spirit, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would affirm it once again to them, that you would help them to celebrate that experience with you, that they would be encouraged tonight. And yet, in the name of Jesus, if they have not had this experience for themselves, we pray, God, right now, that you would allow this experience to come to them, that your presence would manifest itself as they speak to you in their own words in a powerful, undeniable way that is unlike any experience that they have ever had before. We pray that you would wash over them. We pray in the name of Jesus that fear would be eradicated, that doubt would be eradicated, that the whispers that may come to them that says this is not real would be burned away in the light of your presence as you push back the darkness as you bring hope, as you bring peace, mm -hmm. as you bring comfort, as you bring your spirit to fill their name. life. In thank Jesus' you, name we pray. In Jesus name. And we thank you, God. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen.